When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. On a Tuesday, the game plan, Toby Rowland is in the house. Fresh off a road trip to the 918. How about that crowd? How about that environment? How about that win on Saturday night? Yeah, that was fun. Um, props to uh, everybody up in for creating a fun environment, atmosphere Saturday night. I thought OU played um, okay, but there were moments in that game where uh, they definitely got a lift from the crowd. So that was fun. Uh, I, I would be in favor of us playing more often, more frequently up in the BOK Center. I think there's, uh, um, you know, some future possibilities there where you bring over an Arkansas or a Memphis or somebody like that. And um, there's so many thousands and thousands of great OU fans in the Tulsa area and, and in the near surroundings that uh, that would that would be fun. And uh, certainly it's great to see the Sooners pick up a win over a talented USC team. So yep. nine and one is uh, pretty amazing. I would have never guessed this team would be nine and one. What, what would you say, Toby, uh, before we get into some some football talk? And by the way, uh, Ryan Fowler, uh, Alabama, I guess you could say insider is going to join us later on the pod. Toby had a chance to talk to Eli Gold today. You're going to hear that coming up later on, Sooner fans. Not today, but down the road. We'll tell you more about that later. But real quick, to kind of put a, a bow tie on basketball, what's been the biggest surprise for you with this team so far? What's what's really been the thing that when you look at this 9-1 start, you say, wow, would have never expected that? There's been several, but I would say at the top of the list is just how 
good they have been defensively. Um, you know, every team at the beginning of the year says something to the effect of, we want to be better defensively. Every team does. But as the year goes along, uh, the identity becomes this or that. Um, and with a lot of the same guys that they had last year, they have completely changed their mindset on that end of the court. Going into Saturday, they were number seven in the country in field goal percentage defense. And, and that will improve, at least the number will, because they held USC below their season average. So um, how bought in they've been on the defensive end of the court has been a surprise. If I were to go down the line, I, the play of Christian James – while I thought he had a chance to have his best year as a senior this year, I did not see this coming. I mean, he has elevated his play to Big 12 player of the year, you know, type play. I mean, he, he has made big shots and big moments. He's, he's got three straight double-doubles. He had 15 rebounds on Saturday. He's a different guy. He's a completely different guy than we saw the first three years. I think their depth has been a surprise um, that the fact that they've been able to continue it. A lot of teams want to be deep, but guys don't play well or, or don't shoot well and eventually kind of weed themselves onto the bench. And these guys have continuously produced when called upon. And you saw that on Saturday night, Juan was having a hard time finding a lineup that could be consistent and not turn the ball over and, they were playing okay. They had a lead, but they weren't clicking. And finally, he was able to dial it up because he's so deep. He's got so many different combinations he can go to until he finally found the one. And sometimes it's the starting lineup, but really rarely it's it's some amalgamation of that. Where <laughs> Rashard Odoms came in and gave him a real lift the other night. So the fact they've been able to stay so deep uh, this far into the season has been a pleasant surprise as well. They're fun, man. They are, they are fun to watch. I'll throw one in there, too, just real quick before we move on. I dig Miles Reynolds. I feel like I talk about him nonstop, Toby. But he brings you that little bit of an attitude. Aaron calixty has been a nice fit whenever he's been used. I like how these two grad transfers have really fit in almost seamlessly into what Lon Kruger and the coaching staff expects. That's a great point. Both of them have been huge pickups for this team. And the thing about Miles Reynolds is if you, if somebody were to ask you, well, what does he do? Great. You say, mm, well, I don't know what he does. Great. I mean, he's, he's an okay shooter. He's not that tall. Um, he's a, he's a pretty good defender, but he just plays so hard, man. And his energy is infectious when he's on the court, certainly. And even when he's on the bench, he's 110% into every game, clapping his hands, firing up his teammates, uh, going to the rim, getting to the free throw line. Sometimes he'll, he'll commit an offensive foul because he's going so fast <laughs> or he'll re he'll reach in because he's going so fast, but there is no doubt that he's bringing it every night. And I think that has uh, been contagious. I mean, his teammates have fed off of him. Now, he had 20 points the other night, which is great. And he's been scoring more with Jamani McNeese out of the lineup. 
But I think he's going to settle in and be a guy that gives you, you know, 10 points a game or somewhere in there. But he affects a game way more than just the 10 points he puts in the scorebook. Yeah, I agree. By the way, uh, speaking of great atmospheres, all right, Norman, you kind of been challenged here. You got a great deal after what Tulsa did this weekend. They've got tickets as low as $10. Good, brilliant idea by the marketing staff and the athletic department. $10 stocking stuffers for both the OU Creighton game tonight, which is a little bit of a later start, 8 o'clock tip. And then, Toby, tomorrow night, Gino Ariema and UConn coming in town to take on Sherry Cole's crew. 7.30 tip for that game. $10. Look at Soonersports.com slash tickets, or you can get them at the box office the day of the game. And two opportunities to win a pair of tickets to the Orange Bowl as well, too. T-shirt toss on Wednesday night, and then they'll have a drawing tonight. So a lot of good reasons. And, I mean, again, no travel concerns. The weather's great. Fun teams to watch, man. This will be a fun week at home, and your only week at home this year, isn't it? A month, I should say. The rest of this year, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's, this is it. Uh, and Creighton's a good basketball team tonight. Uh, they're out of the Big East. Greg McDermott is their coach. Uh, they won their uh, holiday tournament earlier this year. They were leading Gonzaga at halftime when Gonzaga was the number one team in the nation. Can really shoot it, play hard. This will be a good basketball game. And then, of course, I don't need to tell you how good Gino Oriema and UConn are. So, uh, Sooner fans, the, the teams need you. Um, uh, Lon Kruger's team tonight, I know it's late and it's a school night. If you can possibly do it, roll on out. Let's make it a fun atmosphere. And I am no Sherry's team uh, could use all the help they can get on Wednesday as well. So, Toby, as this drops, we are five days away from Oklahoma hitting the road towards Miami, team flying out on the 23rd, and we are 11 days from the Orange Bowl. I know you had a chance to talk to Eli Gold, the play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, we've got a lot of content coming up getting ready for the game, but – uh, it's okay to start getting a little jacked up about the Orange Bowl, isn't it? I hope so. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been living there for a while now. Um, now this is uh, certainly going to be a fun matchup. I think that both teams now obviously are practicing and uh, putting in game plans. We saw the video of of Tua in a uniform, so he looks like uh, he might be able to go for them. Still don't know about Hollywood for us. But I think the anticipation has been on a slow build since we saw that bracket back on December 2nd. And by the time the 29th gets here, um, it, what is it that Teddy said at Ohio State? I'm about to come out of my skull I'm or jacked, something like that. jacked out of my skull was the term yeah. that he used. We're all going to be jacked out of our skulls <laughs> by the 29th. So it's fun. I mean, I don't – you know, I don't – it's it's tough. Uh, Alabama, the more you look at them, you, there is just no weakness, yeah. you know. And to some extent, you've got to kind of hope that uh, Lincoln comes up with a great game plan that will keep this offense rolling. And you got to hope yep. that uh, Ruffin and those defensive coaches come up with something special on that side of the ball. Uh, you're going to need a bounce or two. Uh, you're going to need a call or two. But um, special things happen sometimes. And we've seen it through the years with Oklahoma football. That's how the term Sooner Magic came to be. So hopefully December 29th is one of those nights where we're all 
uh, all of us and Alabama is overcome with some Sooner magic. I think that's a, a great way to wrap it up. But before we do, uh, you might be able to tell Toby is on the road today because you're getting ready to – and I don't know how much we want to give away. Jessica's very secretive sometimes about her features, but we're paying homage to a, a very important member of our crew as we count down to the Orange Bowl, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing either, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, with, with Jessica's feature, uh, but she's putting together a story – on Coach Merv Johnson, and uh, and the reason is because the Orange Bowl will be his 500th consecutive OU football game to be a wow. part of, either as a coach wow. or a broadcaster. Now, I hope you heard the word consecutive in there. Uh, he has not missed a single OU football game since his first one, which I believe was in 1979 when – Iowa came to Norman to open the season with a young defensive back named Bob Stoops. That was Merv's <laughs> first game. And since that day in 1979, he has been a part of every single OU football game till uh, December 29th and hopefully uh, many more, but 500 in a row. But you think about it, there's, there's, a 12 or 13 football games a year, you know, back in the day, there was 10, maybe 11 games a year to get to 500 is unbelievable. And, uh, and so we're going to celebrate that on the 29th with coach in a variety of ways. And uh, this is uh, this piece we're putting together today is just a small part of that. Hey, Toby, real quick, before we wrap up uh, signing day stuff, you and I never really get a chance just because of, uh, what we do and the capacity with which we work. We don't get a chance to talk a lot of recruiting, but Wednesday's going to be a fun day. We're going to have tons of stuff here on the podcast, but I know you and Chad are hosting. I'm going to get a chance to talk to the assistants. Lincoln Riley's going to be on with us. Wednesday's really – it's unique now two years in a row to have it in the middle of the bowl season, but the early signing period has given us an opportunity to dive into some recruiting talk a little early. Yeah, no, I love uh, signing day, which, you know, now we do most of it here in December instead of in February, because that's when most of the class uh, has signed anyway, the last couple of years. But it's um, it's informative and educational, I think, is what it is. You know, um, it's exciting because you get to welcome a new class of Sooners. But for me and I think for a bunch of Sooner fans, it's the day where you kind of get to learn about these guys and hear from them in many cases, or hear coaches talk about them. And maybe you're a, a recruitnik who follows it very closely. Maybe you're not, but uh, hopefully you'll check out our coverage on Wednesday. I think we've got some digital coverage at eight in the morning and some TV coverage at noon. And there's a special event that night. And, uh, you know, uh, our radio station that we're a part of, will be doing a ton of coverage as well. So uh, yeah, right here, kind of in the middle of, of getting ready for Christmas in the middle of getting ready for an orange bowl. We're going to have kind of a one day uh, holiday in the middle of the holidays to talk about future Sooners. <laughs> so Wednesday will be a Wednesday will be a fun day. Can't wait, Toby. Thanks for the time. And we'll talk to you down the road, bud. All right. See you playing. You know, one thing that I was referring to with Toby is you'll hear one-on-ones with Toby Rowland and Eli gold. I'm going to go, one-on-one with the Alabama sideline reporter. Teddy's going to go one-on-one with the Alabama radio analyst as we count down to the Orange Bowl, which, you know, as this drops, only 11 
days away until Oklahoma and Alabama in the Orange Bowl. Thanks to Toby for hanging out with us. Well, listen, uh, let's learn a little bit about the Crimson Tide. You know, we talked a lot about hoops. Big night tonight with OU and Creighton inside the Lloyd Noble Center. Big night tomorrow night with OU and UConn. Tickets available for as low as $10. But at both of these games, you can win tickets to the Orange Bowl. Go sign up tonight. There's information at Soonersports.com. And on Wednesday night, the Orange Bowl tickets will be available in a T-shirt toss from the Sooner Cheerleaders. How exciting is that? It's going to be every man for himself for those T-shirts on Wednesday night. But you'll want to get an opportunity to scout the Sooners' opponent in the Orange Bowl, Alabama. So joining us right now is a guy that uh, I've enjoyed talking Alabama football with. He covers the Tide for the game in Tuscaloosa. Alabama insider Ryan Fowler joins us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And boy, Ryan, as we count down the days to the Orange Bowl, the excitement level is ratcheting up. Can you kind of take us through how Nick Saban and his staff have handled this challenging week with recruiting winding down, bowl prep, and of course, finals sprinkled in there as well. What's the approach been like this for Alabama since winning the SEC championship? Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, and uh, sorry, I had a dog that just went crazy at a, at a, at a FedEx guy. <laughs> no worries, man. Radio, I love it. it. I, I mean, literally, I was sitting there and I was like, uh, I was in my recliner. I had my laptop. I had my notes, and and my hundred pound wyvernger just went crazy on a FedEx guy. So uh, I hope the FedEx guy is okay because I just went to the back of the room. So, uh, but anyway, but uh, no, you, you talk about championship preparation. You know, I, I think when you give Nick Saban so much time and that staff, you know, really puts together, you know, th- this group. Uh, of of everything, you know, attention to detail. And really that's what this program ha- has been built around is, you know, the, the way that they, they call it, quote, the process. And it's like, you know, believe no stone, uh, uh, you know, unturned. And it, it's just, it's kind of funny. And sometimes we even get the mindset that we covered him so long. It's just things become automatic. Like, like today when there's some player availability, you can just take out the team and substitute everything they say. I mean, it's tremendous respect. I mean, it just – it becomes routine. And sometimes it becomes – I mean, i, I got to admit, I mean, sometimes when you go to, like, a media availability, it, it becomes boring because they have them trained so well that, that they, you know, they say all the right things. I'm telling you, Oklahoma – we have had no media availability of players. They're tremendous players, tremendous respect. It'll take our best game. I mean, it's just it, it's it's kind of unique to sometimes how Nick Saban programs, you know, eighteen, nineteen year old kids uh, to 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 say what they what they do. Most of us cannot get uh, the millennials to pick up their laundry, right? And, and Nick Saban's getting them to do you know sure. things that are almost unhuman like. With that said, um, it's been unhuman-like what we've seen this offense become this year. And I know everyone's question, kind of we were talking about, you and I had a chance to talk yesterday, Ryan, we're talking about the Marquise Brown injury for Oklahoma. There's been, I mean, state-of-the-art, if you will, new technology used in trying to help heal this ankle injury for Tua. What's your sense right now? Do you think he'll be ready to go come December 29th? I do. Now, that's only based on a gut feeling. 
because I've watched uh, a lot of different players go through this, and I watch the way that they rebound. And I know that uh, we were talking with Jonah Williams over in Atlanta a couple of days ago at the awards ceremony, and one of the things that he has said, he goes, everybody in the building's just about had that surgery. You know, it's it, it. We hear the big surgery word, we we automatically react. But if you if you've ever turned an ankle, you know that it's loose for a few days, even a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months after you get done with the procedure, your, your foot is, is loose. And what they do is they go down and they, they, they do what they call, I think it's a tight rope technique is what it's called. And it tightens that up where your ankle doesn't feel loose. Uh, and so I don't really know if they would have did that procedure if they didn't think that he would be ready. I mean, that's just my guess. But with that being said, I expect that Nick Saban will play the game in the media. Now, he talks Monday, first time he's talked uh, there. I bet you he plays the game of, you know, we're going to try to get him ready. You know, and, and so, you know, you want to keep Oklahoma thinking. And, and, and I, I just know in Nick Saban, uh, I, 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 and then he'll follow it up, I'm telling you. And, and, and somebody will ask him, do you think two will be ready to play? And he'll say, what do you want me to do? Call Lincoln Riley and go out there and tell him what we're going to do? I mean, he'll say that. I, it, it, it's, he's so programmed. It, it's funny. I mean, I'm telling you, when you covered him as long, because I mean, I've covered him since he got on the ground here. It, it's, the, it, it's, it's the same spill. So, so that's what he'll do on Monday. I can almost predict it. <laughs> Ryan Fowler is our guest. Ryan, it, uh, you, you look for any advantage, I think. Every, every fan does, every team does. But it appears as if the Mike Loxley transition has been pretty smooth. What do we know about his role? I mean, this doesn't appear to be a Lane Kiffin-type situation, does it? No, 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 no. L- listen, uh, Lane Kiffin went off the tracks long before the, the playoffs, and it was more of a management situation. And, you know, I, I don't – Listen, I like Lane Kiffin, but but he just and it looks like it looks like from here. Now I'm a long way from Boca, but it looks like from here that it looks like maybe he's got some of those things uh, back together that he's been able to to rebound and and you know I'm, I'm kind of a little bit shocked with all these coaching vacancies. His name's not been mentioned, but Mike Loxley is just a it, it's a different management standpoint. It, it's just responsibility. You know, you're not having to drag him out at, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning just to make sure that he gets home. And, you know, so so when you look at Michael Oxley, I think he owes it to the players to perform his best. And plus, it's really good for, for his program uh, to, to be on that national spotlight. You know, if he's able to, uh, to win the semifinal game, maybe get to Santa Clara. I mean, yes, it requires a lot of time. And right now he's having to pull, you know, double duty. But you also got to remember – you'll go into a quiet period with recruiting. Uh, and I don't know the exact day. I know that next week, Wednesday signing period. And then I think they've got a couple of days to sign and then it'll drift into that silent period where nobody can talk. And, and, and so then that kind of prohibits that. So I don't think this will be a problem. And, and the one thing that you got to look at, there's a co-offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis uh, that's been, just awesome with the wide receivers. You know, we've never had, for one, we've never had a quarterback like this. 
We've also never had wide receivers, uh, when I'm talking about as a group, top to bottom. I mean, these guys, and, and a lot of that's Josh Gaddis, the technique that he teaches, uh, you can see that there is a difference. And then you also think about Dan Enos, which is the quarterback coach. I mean, he's been a head coach. He's been an OC. And uh, all expectations here locally that, that he'll be named uh, the offensive coordinator to replace Mike Loxley, you know, when Nick Saban is ready to make that official. It's pretty incredible because that, that was my next question about the offense is this is different than anything that we've seen offensively from Nick Saban, not just in what Tua has done, but from afar. And, and maybe I'm wrong, Ryan, and you can correct me, but it just appears as if they, uh, they're going to go out and they have the ability to outscore you. Is that the mindset of a Loxley, Enos, and, and Gaddis combination? Is that magnifying the skill set and having a guy like Tua who can do a little bit of everything? What's kind of clicked this offensive explosion for Bama this year? Well, I think it's having a, a generation-changing quarterback. Uh, listen, I'm a huge fan of A.J. McCarron. He was an All-American. The first time we'd had an All-American quarterback, when you talk about at least consensus, not unanimous, but a consensus to like Harry Gilmer in the 40s. So A.J. McCarron is, is, to me, I've, I've always been a big fan of his leadership. He's won three national titles here. How can you not be? But when you back up just a little bit, this guy changes that position. I mean, he's got a NFL caliber, and not that AJ does it. And, and and I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts or or Blake Sims or Jacob Toker. It's just this guy's different. I mean, when you walk on the field, he's got confidence that he can put it in a window. You know, the the, the size of you know a small cup. I mean, he believes in that arm, and rightfully so. I mean, if I had an arm like that, I'd probably have the same confidence. And I think that is where Alabama, you know, I, I heard him say at the Heisman last week that his first read is touchdown. Like, like their plays are dot designed. They're looking for the home run ball. I mean, that that's really weird. He said it was touchdown, and then it's the check down. So they go through their progressions that whatever the play they're, they're looking at, he's trying to find where, where they can get a touchdown. And put it in the wide receiver's hands. I mean, that, that's just, listen, guys, we, we've always been time management, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust and, you know, time possession, nine-minute drives. You know, you're taking Henry and you're just handing it off 45 times to him. And, and it's been a little bit of adjusting. And I think you trade off some of that, too, because Alabama's not been as physical as when you spread it out, you're going to lose some of that physicality. And so, you know, when you think about Tua, listen, this guy, I've watched quarterbacks down here. He is, he is the real deal. And he will only continue to get better. I mean, he, he's only, uh, you know, started in 13 games. So this, this guy is going to continue to get better and, uh, you know, may have a chance to be back in New York City next year uh, for the Heisman presentation. Hey, Ryan, I've kept you long. I'll ask you one more quick question. Uh, and this is obviously a very humoristic question. (laughs) So, okay, then let let me dig a little deeper here. Is there a weakness? Where is there a vulnerability in this team? Uh, I I know that it's a, it's a big spread. I know fans confidence is sky high. Is there anywhere that you look at this Bama team and say, man, they need to be better. 
Yeah, I, I think there's the, the, there's a couple of areas, and it, it's see there's a, there's a guard by the name of Deontay Brown. There's a guard that is not he's serviceable, but but he hasn't really played up to what I call the potential of Alabama's offensive line. I, I just think Alabama's offensive line as a group that they've got some all stars at tackle and center. I don't know if they played very well at the guard position, um, but no offense, lining up against that Oklahoma defense, these guys may look like all Americans uh, coming up in 15 days. They're not, not trying to get a shot. I'm just trying to be honest. So, so when, when you talk about going against the SEC and LSU, Mississippi State, they have struggled. Now, if Alabama is is able to win, not saying they're going to, but if they're able to win against Oklahoma, and they make it to Santa Clara and Clemson's there. Then, then we open up this conversation. Can these guards handle that defensive line over Clemson? Because that, that's a that's a bunch of grown men uh, over in South Carolina, and 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 so that's an area. And and I think the one area that that you can attack a little bit is outside linebackers are great. Secondary has been better than than all of us expected because they lost everybody. They lost every single player in the secondary. They returned nobody. And the secondary is has really played as probably one of the better units. Uh, defensive front, Quentin Williams, the Outland Trophy winner, is just a a beast uh, there. And Raekwon Davis, Isaiah Bugs, they're fine. Place kicking is an absolute embarrassment. It, it is. I mean, to give you an example, the SEC, the other thirteen teams have missed four PATs. The other 13 teams, not counting Alabama, missed four PATs. Alabama's missed eight. Eight PATs. PATs, not field goals, PATs. Eight. They're, they're, wow. they're absolutely uh, – it, it has been a – it's been a major problem at, at, at place kicking. Uh, if there's any magic dust that Nick Saban is able to find, sports psychologist, something, brainwave technology, it, it, it's all mental. It's, it's not physical. Both of these guys have it. But but I guess kicking for Alabama is like closing, you know, for the New York Yankees. It's it just it, it's difficult, I guess, because these guys have made it look difficult. Really, Alabama has had a kicker in so long that, that I'm talking about a guy that you step up and say 35 yards. Yeah, this is going through the uprights. I mean, it may it may hit the sidelines. It may there's no there's no. I mean, kickers here. It has not. It's like the bad news bears when it comes to kicking. So, again, you can be at the Orange Bowl, go to the OU Creighton game tonight, get signed up for tickets to see OU Bama, and then on Wednesday night for the OU UConn game in a T-shirt toss, man. What what just a perfectly natural way to end up walking away with tickets to the Orange Bowl. Thanks to Toby for hanging out with us. You can hear him on the call tonight. That's on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 1430 The Buzz, up in Tulsa, and the TuneIn radio app. So make sure you go download it, and you can listen to the Sooners border to border and coast to coast. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, OU Women in UConn, and we're 11 days away from the Orange Bowl. Hey, signing day is tomorrow. Complete coverage at Soonersports.com. 
I'll be uh, bunkered down inside the coaches' offices talking to the assistants as soon as – I don't think the fax machine even exists anymore. But as soon as those letters of, intent, uh, letters of intent come rolling through, we'll get your breakdown from all of the position coaches, and we'll have you covered with all of the information you need right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. Until then, have a great week. Thanks to Toby. Thanks to Ryan Fowler. And until next time, Sooner Nation, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.